Welcome to Backstage with Jeff and Paige, the podcast that takes you behind the green curtain and backstage with children's musicians and environmental educators, Jeff and Paige, as they share their passion with you for raising the next generation of environmental stewards. I'm your host, Maeve Emanuel. You may have seen me at the merch table sporting one of Jeff and Paige's purple surprisable bear t-shirts. I'm Jeff and Paige's assistant, video editor, and membership coordinator. I'm also usually the one frantically pushing buttons during their live streams. Without further ado, let's get into the episode. Ooh, ah, ah, ooh, ooh, ah, ah, we're podcasting. So I, for one, am really curious about the story behind Ooh, ah, ah. How did that become such a popular part of your shows? All right, well, when we need to kind of transition from one costume or one imaginary scene. Because we're a characters. duo. There's not like a bunch of people on stage with us. It's yeah. just the two of us. So we use this little auditory trick to uh, fill some space, but it's, it also becomes a hook on our albums and um, at our shows. Shall we do, give it a try? Yeah, well, so Jeff's out there, and he's talking about how he's exploring in the forest, and then Paige comes out, and she's a tree. Well, now Paige has to go back to Paige, and Jeff has to become a character. So we take that moment, and we go... Ooh, ah, ah, ooh, ooh, ah, ah, we're hiking, ooh. Ah, ah, ooh, ooh, ah, ah, we're hiking. Somos exploradores. Somos exploradores. So that's our time and space filler. We both have wireless microphones, so the person that's backstage can also be having their voice still come out. Did what's your what's your idea of where it came from? Because you were remembering something different, and it did come from you. So mine is my story is about when we adopted it. But what's I don't I don't remember where it came from. I remember when I first used it and I remember what song I was introducing when it first came out but I don't think it was a conscious choice it was at a a venue in North Boulder called Playgrounds Boulder? Where's Boulder? Uh, I hope it's still in Colorado. Colorado? <laughs> we live in Boulder. Well, I mean people could be listening to this anywhere <laughs> Yeah in case you're new to the Jeff and Paige audience Boulder is the headquarters of this rainbow, rainbow clad, rainbow clad husband duo. and wife duo. Yeah, my rainbow husband. Clad, <laughs> husband <laughs> wife duo. Okay, Boulder is a city in Colorado, which my wife would like all of you to know. And in the northern part of that city, young Jeff was playing a concert. This is exactly what I wanted you to do. I do. I want you to tell us about what it was like because people don't know. Okay. People have no idea what it was like to be right, you pre right, right. this whole like branded Jeff and Paige thing. Paint us a picture. Okay. It is me, mid 20s, Beatles haircut, no gray hair. Wait, guitar. Wait, you have gray hair now? You're still rocking the Beatles haircut. A little haircut. bit, yeah. That's, not, that's not, not much has changed. <laughs> yes, listeners, I've had the same haircut since I had hair. Um, I don't even think my guitar was plugged in. I may have had a microphone, but not an amplified guitar. Crowd management was not something that I had any experience with. Um, and so some of these tricks that we use today were developed painstakingly 
um, emergency yes, style. Yeah, yes, often through emergencies. <laughs> right, because normally bands get bouncers. Mm-hmm. You guys get or, yellow tape or carpets. Yeah, or, <laughs> or like they're they are adults and right. they know that like there's an invisible line between you and the performers and you don't grab their stuffed animals, for example. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, at any rate, it was. An introduction to the 5414ers song, a song about all of Colorado's 54 mountains at or above 14,000 feet. Um, and without the parade that we use in, in the current iteration of the performance of that song, it had nothing whatsoever for the children to do. Um, and the introduction had even less. But I recall... I don't know if I cued the kids to do it with me, but making that uh, sequence of sounds and noises <laughs> and feeling order. pleasing to the palate, <laughs> the ear, and maybe perking up the eyes of a child in the audience. I don't recall. Go, Paige. I'm done. <laughs> I love all of this. I like remembering those days. Oh, my goodness. Uh, as a part of our brand and our every show we have done since then, we were in Michigan. We were doing a tour of some elementary schools there, doing assemblies, and we were in a school, and it was a pretty big assembly, a pretty unruly crowd, and the worst thing possible, anyone else who's listening that has presented at school assemblies, I wonder if you feel the same way, is when the kids come in and the staff and teachers seat them in a very long horizontal line, (laughs) instead of a vertical um, grouping of children where you can have a little more control, eye contact, etc. of their actions. The horizontal line just means there's more children in a wider space and it's, it's really difficult to manage. So we were doing the show, it was going okay, um, but every time we would slip behind to change into a tree costume or a spider costume or a bat costume, there would be this dead space where it was just quiet. Mm. Uh, sometimes I would be, you know, not getting my costume quick enough or Jeff wouldn't be getting his costume quick enough and there would be just dead space. And as soon as we were out of sight, the crowd just started talking, the kids started talking. And I remember being pretty panicked, honestly, like we're doing a really bad job and like, they're not gonna have us back and <laughs> this is awful. And looking panicked, like a deer in headlights backstage at Jeff and just being like, I don't know what to do. What shall I do? <laughs> and, and Jeff was like, you should try, let's try this. It goes like this, ooh, ah, uh, ah. Uh. Ooh, ooh, uh, uh. But we didn't say hiking yet. Mm-hmm. We said we're moving. We're moving. Yeah. We're moving. <laughs> yeah, that's what, if you listen to the superheroes 21st album, it's, it still says we're moving. On our twenty first century energy superheroes album, which is secretly my favorite, um, we say we're moving. So I'm like looking at him like that's super weird. Like I don't know. It even sounds this is adults only. I'm gonna say it. It, it, it sounds sexual. Like it's just weird. <laughs> I, I can't. Do, he's just trust me. Just try it. So seriously. With like just sweaty armpits and desperation, uh, we both went out there going, ooh, ah, ah, ooh, ooh, ah, ah, we're moving. And the kids loved it. <laughs> the crowd um, goes wild. The crowd went wild. We did it throughout the rest of the show, and they started adding in um, clapping on their legs, like, ooh, ah, ah. Ooh, ooh, uh, uh, we're hiking, like, um, kind of big, raise the roof, arms. They loved it, and that was it. 
it fixed the problem and added this amazing filler that we've used ever since. Mm-hmm. So Paige, why is 21st Century Energy Superheroes your favorite album? Mm, I'm so glad you asked. Um, why are your armpits always so sweaty? Yes, and what kind of deodorant do you use while you're at it? You know, let's leave that for another episode. Okay, okay, first question. <laughs> In the story, I just told my armpits were sweaty because I was nervous. Um, other days, I don't know. The first question, why is 21st Century Energy Superheroes my favorite album? I love the story that's in it. It it is a full, all of our albums have some element of storytelling in it, but that album in particular has a beginning, middle, and end that all connects, and the, the songs are a part of the story. I've always envisioned it actually becoming a musical mm. that I uh, would love for, for example, for high school <clears throat> excuse me, high school or middle school kids to perform for their peers or for elementary school kids. And then I love that it tells the story of the climate crisis in a positive light with age-appropriate things that children and families can do. So is there a common thread in each album that kind of ties these stories together? How exactly does that process come about? Mm. Because I know sometimes the albums have really random songs going, and so you always manage, though, to to bring them back to a center point. I guess that ties in just to the way that we work together um, in that I will create the song, and then we will workshop the songs together to find how to not only create what parts we're going to sing together, but how that would be a live performance piece. But it's kind of always been in Paige's court to then take all those random 12 songs if they haven't been envisioned into a storyline like the Superheroes album and figure out, are there going to be dialogue tracks ahead of time? Are they going to be disassociated skits? Um, Or is it going to tie into a complete storyline um, I think the Get Outdoors album, you took kind of 12 random songs and you mm-hmm. crafted a storyline. I've done it for that. all of the albums that have stories on them. Mm-hmm. I did it for 21st Century Energy Superheroes, too. The, um, that one, if you listen to it, first of all, I also want to say it's interesting because it's a little bit outdated at this point. Mm-hmm. I kind of, I've never said this to you, Jeff, before, but I kind of want to do like a re record of some of those pieces because. Like, one of the things that we say in there that's just, like, not a thing anymore is CFL light bulbs. Mm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's, like, a whole line. Um, But the part I was starting to say is that at the end of the um, arc of the story, the older brother becomes the mentor for the young kids who are played by Jeff and Paige in, in the story. And the older brother is in an environmental club at his high school um, called the Earth Task Force, and that's from my real life. I used to mentor kids at a high school here in town um, called the Earth Task Force, and their voices of these actual kids that were high school kids at the time that now probably have kids of their own, but um, <laughs> they their voices are on the album, which is also why it was one of my favorite albums. It took all of these kind of real-life pieces and then made it into a fictional story, mm. but that's also actually happening mm. in life. It's really beautiful. Let's hear a little of Green World from that particular oh album. Ooh. Talk about digging into the archives. Green World. Oh. Well, there's oh. those kids from the Earth Task Force. They are in there. Mm-hmm. They are in there. I forgot. They're mm-hmm. in there. Yeah, you'll have to find that. Might have to dig that one up. <laughs> see if it fits. Is it weird that we are pretending to be kids in that album, but my voice sounds like this? <laughs> no, it's not. Because the whole point of this work that we do is 
imagination, I think. Mm-hmm. Imagination, just, just the right of amount of imagination with then science and nature that's actually happening, which I think is the most wonderful form of creative play for children. Mm-hmm. Like Alice, our two and a half year old, what does she play? She plays putting babies to bed, cooking in the kitchen. Doctor. Doctor. She's not like in some fantasy land with dancing teddy bears and mm-hmm. wild mushrooms. Well, let's talk about some of the visual elements of your show. So tell us about the costumes. Maybe our listeners need context. <laughs> what is a costume, Paige? <laughs> yes, please define that very clearly. A costume is also a city in Colorado. <laughs> Okay, go ahead. Uh, no, I think you, know you should it? start. Um, okay. Start with like costumes. The, an original cut. Co- like, there's a couple pieces that came from the the right. very start. Like, yeah, it's a bit of a loaded question. I mean, so what? What was the first Jeff and Paige costume officially? I I mean, when I f- was playing before Paige, um, it was I would I would show up at a concert with a moose hat. Um, and I remember leaving that moose hat at a gig and it being kind of devastating. It was disgusting and destroyed, but it oh, was the like, moose hat. I forgot about the it moose was the fir- kind of the first element. Um, it didn't necessarily come from any particular tying into any particular element of the show, but just being like, Hey, I'm a guy with a funny hat and like nature is connected <laughs> to this. This is what it's all about. Um, and slowly, as we developed the shows into more theatrical pieces, we realized, oh, we need some costumes. And so we had our choices between purchasing a bunch of costumes from whatever form of online uh, shopping was available in the... Uh, yeah, the, there wasn't even... Uh, I kind of wasn't even online shopping back then. I, I do remember buying the B-Wings online mm-hmm. for the release of the Songs from the Trail album mm-hmm. and feeling like, ooh, this is, this is not right. Like, we shouldn't be buying all these wings, but I can't make them in time for the mm-hmm. show. You're going to need to unpack that for, for our audience. Why would you feel that? How, Dig into your environmental ethic. How I don't deep think, do I want to go? I think you that. need to go deep because I don't think that that being um, having feelings that you shouldn't buy something from the internet is something that everyone experiences. Nor do I think everyone should. By the way, I just think you need to explain your your arc with that. Um. I, yeah, I think it was more. Okay, there's two things. Number one, I kind of wanted our... This is with a lot of possessions in my life. Like, I want it to look roughed up. I don't want it to be clean and sparkly. Um, I do like that some of those costumes are really scuffed up from years of use and it shows that they have a lot of history. I don't like the idea of a brand new thing that kind of smells like plastic. Um, from an aesthetic appeal, but then just from an environmental standpoint, um, especially in my late twenties, um, it was, it was really hard to think about doing a show connected to science and nature and sustainability and knowing that I was, you know, buying items to augment that show from overseas and knowing the amount of fossil fuels going into their production and their transport and um, 
just systems that I wasn't personally able to witness and connect with. Um, we've thought a lot about our rainbow leggings coming from, you know, a big distributor, mm. a big distributor compared to somebody just sitting there like knitting them in the chair and what that would look like. And I don't know how to make that cost effective. So uh, as we developed our, our costuming, um, we did want things to be as sustainably sourced as possible, local, supporting our own local businesses, um, and then also have an authentic homemade feel. And we are so blessed by a woman, I won't say her whole name just in case she doesn't want to say it on air, but her name's Carrie, and mm. her children are in college and late high school now, but she was an early Jeff and Paige fan with her kids. Mega fan. Mega fan. <laughs> I love you, Carrie. And um, she handmade a lot of our costumes. So for, let's see, starting with, starting with Rocky Mountain Tunes or starting with Songs from the Trail. I can't remember. Oh, wow. Songs is, from the Trail. This is like, Songs from the yeah. Trail. Yeah. We did these pretty big album release concerts where we had backup dancers for all of our musical numbers and Carrie would be in the show as a dancer. It was us and some friends and then often we'd get some other, usually moms, although some dads involved as well. Um, and she made all of our costumes for those shows. And mm -hmm. then... Um, and we still use them. And then she did it again and, and again, again. And, yeah. and, and again. again. Mm -hmm. So four albums worth of costumes. Carrie is the original. Wow, go Carrie. Yeah. <laughs> She's like one of those people that I have thought, when I make millions of dollars, I'm going to pay her back. I have a like small list, and mm -hmm. she's she's on my list. Am I on the list? No. <laughs> <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> All right, just sharing. Just nice so, to know if I had something coming. Paige, were you guys together for the release of Rocky Mountain Tunes, or had that been recorded prior to your duo? Um, Jeff and I started working together around the time that was being released, I think, mm -hmm. actually. You were the narrator of that yeah, release album at right. the Boulder Public Library. That's right. Which is a place where you can buy books <laughs> in a city in Colorado. <laughs> I thought that was Amazon. <laughs> That's good. And you found Paige's Jeff. favorite thing in the world is when Jeff makes a fool of himself, preferably publicly. Well, she points and laughs. Yes, Paige is... Found her true delight in life. What now? It usually gives me the giggle. Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> She's done. This episode is over, folks. Well, that's folks. it, folks. Let's wrap. Okay, okay. Jeff, Jeff and I slowly were starting to work together around the time that he was releasing his first official album. Which um, was Rocky Mountain Which was Rocky Mountain okay. Tunes for Rocky Mountain Kids. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm hmm. So you can't listen to it if you're not from the Rocky Mountains, which is a place in North America. Yes, listeners outside the Rocky Mountain region will not be able to access that album. If you are in Vermont, that is not you. Stop listening. So a lot of people think sometimes when I'm at the merch table that the rainbow socks were the first official costume. Mm. Would you agree or disagree with that? I think they kind of were. Yeah. They, we, we talked about that in our first, um, mm -hmm. our pilot episode, where the origin story of the rainbow socks, you mm -hmm. can check that out if you want to hear that whole 
thing, but I, I kind of think they were the first costume piece. The moose, the dirty moose hat, too. Well, you know, the one that always gets me when, when you're on stage is, is uh, Professor Erlenmeyer and Bunsen's mm-hmm. wigs. Mm-hmm. Because they are starting to dread, and they look like they've yeah, been some disgusting. things. The dirty wigs is an example of our costume aesthetic that I do think is hard to kind of put our finger on, but Jeff actually did a good job describing it. We don't we don't replace things just because they start to get dirty and, and gross. I I think it's kind of an imitation of children's play mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. Um, your kid doesn't want to get rid of their teddy bear because it's dirty. They just love it more and they love it until it's, you know, losing stuffing and you sew it. And that's a little bit of how we treat our costumes. Yeah. And not to mention probably at least a third, if not half of our shows are outdoors and are often subjected to the elements. If you've ever seen a Jeff and Paige show, one of our stagecraft gimmicks, techniques yeah. and gimmicks is to throw the costumes in the air. One person is speaking in front of a costume screen while the other person is removing items of the previous costume and throwing them into the air for the delight of the kids. And they end up in all sorts of different places. Mm. Um, Let's talk about that for a second. Remember when I scored a, a basketball? I sunk it. That's the word I was looking for. I was, we were in an, a, a gym at a school and I threw a wig in the air and it like swooshed into the basketball net and the crowd went wild yes. and I was oblivious to why because I couldn't see what was happening. You're like, oh, thank you. Uh-huh. <laughs> nice. Okay. So Erlen Meyer and Bunsen. Right. Was that kind of a character duo that came about during Little Songs Big Science? Or was that something mm-hmm. earlier? What's the story behind that? 21st Century Energy Superheroes, mm-hmm. I believe, is where they make their first official appearance. Yes, they're in the pre and post dialogue and or skit to the song Fossils Fossil 1, one fossil, fossil 2, Fossil 3, Fossil, three, fossil Fuel. <laughs> I think that's the official name of it. Your names for songs are so good. Oh, uh, here she goes again. Uh, so yes. how did these wacky scientists get their names? I mean... <laughs> we just took scientific equipment from the lab. Um, the Bunsen burner... Bur- the bu- you don't even know. The Bunsen burner. <laughs> and the other and Maya flask. flask. <laughs> and, uh-huh. and turn them into our, our scientist. Hello, Erlen Meyer. Bunsen. <laughs> it's lovely to see you today. I do like your lab coat. Have you washed it recently? Absolutely not, Bunsen. <laughs> well, I had mine pressed and cleaned last week. By a skunk. <laughs> I smell an equation in the air. <laughs> oh, you always know the right thing to say, Erlen Meyer. There you go. Bunsen and Erlenmeyer. They actually are two of my favorite characters. One summer, we did a summer reading program library tour, and they were the main characters of that show. Mm. And by the end of that that run, I didn't want to be Bunsen for a while. What about that assembly? Where I, oh, I, yeah, the mad scientist. I get it. <gasps> oh, I forgot about that. The cheese. The cheese. <laughs> I can't remember. I remember the cheese, but I have no idea anything more than there was a pretend cheese involved in the show that we performed. You stole my cheese. 
And I had to get it back, but why? I have no idea. That has to be your next children's book. Oh, wow. Who <laughs> stole Paige's cheese? It wasn't Paige's cheese, though. It was Bunsen's cheese. It was Bunsen's so cheese. Like, that rat, he's taken my cheese! And then I go on like a wilderness adventure to get it back. But there had to be more to the cheese than that's a little loose, even for us. I'm lost in a time loop right now. I have no idea what the cheese was about, but I can picture it perfectly. So can I. We've learned a lot about costumes over the years. We've also learned that children, many children, and then some children, even more so than others, are really scared of masks. Mm-hmm. That was a big early learning for us in our costuming. Including Alice. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Including our own daughter. And so any kind of costume that covers your face um, or like a full mascot costume, you have to have used with a little bit of caution, uh, especially sensitive audiences and... Um, I mean, remember, again, I'm not going to say this person's name, but there was a child in our community that would not come into our show mm. at that restaurant because there was, um, that we had the, we have a full bear head that mm-hmm. we use sometimes and she was so scared of the bear head. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> so we've learned a lot about making sure, this is also interesting because I've had people be like, well, I could help make you these really cool masks or these really fancy mm-hmm. other kind of costumes. And I'm like, and I'm, we always say, no, we like it to feel homemade. We want it. We want the kids to be able to see it's, oh, it's just Paige. But then in their own heads, they're totally into imagining that Paige is a bobcat but they also can see that it's just Paige. So it's walking that line between imagination and reality. The other thing about having homemade costumes is that then we have fans that make their own costumes. So we're modeling to the kids, hey, you can you can make your own costumes at home with just these simple materials. We've done a craft a few different times before shows where we just bring little slip-on gloves and little pieces of um, double-sided like tape or carpet squares. Um, and make claws out of them and boom they're bobcats when you are when you are in the costume you can you're heard in a different way Um, you can say things you can teach about if i if i'm dressed up like a beaver i can teach about my adaptations in a much more interesting way i can you know show my flippers and my webbed feet and pretend that they're actually mine and it's just so much more interesting, not just for kids, but for adults. None of us want to sit sit and listen to somebody just talk without any sort of a, a visual aid or a focal point. So I like being a character to say things, not necessarily even just about animals, or say things that are like, you know, being able to talk about something sensitive like climate change, um, but to do so as... A wacky scientist in the lab. A wacky scientist in the lab. Or pretending to be a tree and talking about what, you know, carbon in the atmosphere is like for that tree and saying something that is true but is coming from a, a completely different perspective. And I can... Let me know, hear and, that tree voice for a second. <laughs> I'm not attacking you. Those are my seeds. I'm a cottonwood tree and my seeds are dispersed by the wind. See? Ooh, and while you're here, could I have a little of your CO2, your carbon dioxide? Oh, I'm sorry, I'm fresh out. I don't even have any pockets in this dress. <laughs> you don't keep your carbon dioxide in your pockets, silly. <laughs> it's in your lungs. 
I'm so glad you brought this up, the idea of, of how characters can speak differently, because I know that I wanted to address the idea of different presentation styles, and, and that's really what costumes are, and what ooh-ah-ahs are, and all of this stuff. Jeff and I met in, in graduate school, which we also discussed in our, in our pilot episode, um, but we are both have been, in multiple ways over our lives, so inspired to present information in creative and fun ways. Um, and I think as a visual and kinesthetic learner, for me, I learned so much more with a different presentation style. And embodying a character or a tree or a bobcat, which is then what we also invite the children to do, helps you learn about that thing in this intimate, on-the-ground way that you will never learn from listening to a presentation about bobcats and their range and scope in the continental United States, for example. If you'd like to be a bobcat with me in this song, get out your claws like this. Huraka, huraka, the bobcat is very rare that you'll see her doing the bobcat walk. Huraka, now wouldn't you like to be I think that's really like the heart of what we do. It's experiential education happening in a live theater context. Don't watch me be a bobcat. Use me as inspiration for your bobcat and then be a bobcat with me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Exactly, yes. We want to involve the audience in the show so that there's a whole mosh pit of of bobcats and then all and then in the next song we bring it down and we're swaying peaceful trees or I think that's why like when we go out to an actual the the one time a year when we leave our children with a babysitter and go out to a, an actual live show it's to see the March 4th marching band because they break down that wall between audience and performer literally they come out into the audience they mm-hmm. involve you in the music they lead you in hand motions they do different circus or theatrical arts they do costume changes and so when we go to see a show that is the style of show we would like to see as well yeah so i have a speed run of questions about your costume speed run. for each of you to answer okay speed run time about jeff and page costumes mm, I like it Starting with your most uncomfortable costume. Tree with the decomposers. My costumes are pretty comfortable. Probably Black Widow. The costume that makes you feel most like a diva. Bobcat. (laughs) Professor Sparkles. All right, the tightest fitting costume. Honeybee. No, lightning. Oh, no. It's like quite loose. Lightning? No, sorry. My tightest fitting costume? (laughs) Rattlesnake. (laughs) I don't know, that raven costume is hard to get on to. Loosest fitting costume. My loosest fitting costume is Old Lady McGee. It's my grandmother's silk nightgown. Mm-hmm. What song does that go with? Uh, it goes with Sunbeam Energy, which is about solar panels on 21st century energy uh-huh. superheroes. All right, the coolest costume in the summer. Oh, yeah. what? Co- that's a great question. What costume are you like, oh, yes, I get to put that on? Um, the one where I'm just me again and I don't have a costume on. <laughs> Coolest costume in the summer would be, I know it's not cool, but I really like being that rainbow in the summertime. Mm. Mm, The tutu and the The wings. The tutu with the rainbow wings, and then the kids are seeing all the summer colors. I like that. The big fluffy wig. (laughs) Yes, the big fluffy wig. 
The sweat is real. Oh, I know what the coolest. I know what the coolest one yeah. is. Um, okay, this is only something we do generally at our concert series called Meadow Music, which is at um, Colorado Chautauqua, and it mm. is the sinker float when you get to be the captain. Yes. You get your wig dunked in cold water, and then you have to put it back on your head. And you actually are like, yes, I'm so hot. I get to put this wet thing on my head. And that captain's wig and hat have still never been washed. Yeah, that looks like a a Jack Sparrow Mm -hmm. captain hat and wig. Yeah, Um, The hottest costume in the summer. Mm. It's definitely the full body black bear suit. Yeah. The polar bear, also very warm. The beaver. Yeah. Although that's more of a tunic. No, the beaver's not bad. Anything furry. Yeah. I'm not a big fan of the bobcat in the summer mm-hmm. either. I have like a fur vest that I wear. Your most fun memory in a costume. Or your favorite memory in a costume. Oh, there's so many. Probably our fake uh, wedding at Meadow Music. Mm-hmm. 2013. When our friend and benefactor and partner in crime Steve Mertz put on a wedding for us and I was in a powder blue tuxedo with the pant legs rolled up to my knees and was made to stand in foot pudding yes the foot pudding the foot pudding the foot pudding some of my favorite costume memories I'm not going to say this was my favorite in the moment but I like them as memories was trying to get a, a many series of costumes on when I was pregnant Mm. I performed all the way to the pretty much the end through both of my pregnancies with our children and it was pretty hilarious (laughs) again more in retrospect than at the time to try to get the costumes on and then to just be like I remember coming out in the Rosa the Ponderosa Mm -hmm. costume and just being like I I can't can't get it fastened it won't velcro (laughs) (laughs) what is your most broken costume to date oh, gosh. <laughs> that desperately needs replacing perhaps. Regularly or that has never been fixed? Oh, that's not either. We do a lot of repairs. Yeah. Again, trying to be sustainable and keep things around as long as possible. Jeff's our repairman here too. I've got, no- I've got nothing to do with that. Thank you, Jeff. Thank you, Paige. Very much in your wheelhouse. The Black Widow needs constant repairs, I feel like. My two costumes that involve sport jackets, the green sport jacket for when I become a flower in the song Grow, Kinnikinnick Grow, and the uh, crushed velvet blue sport jacket when I become Rigatoni Spumante in the opera of Giardia. Both of those costumes, the inside lining is, is fraying out, and there are many frantic moments backstage where I realized I put my sleeve mm-hmm. into the wrong <laughs> hole and I cannot uh-huh. get my hand out. I have out. the same thing with um, Share the Road. Uh, Your yeah. Grandma Malka's pants. <laughs> I should just tear the liner out. Yeah. Yeah, when you get your... <laughs> no. When you get a limb between the fabric and the liner, and that moment is real and you're being cued and you're backstage. 
like rah, I want to rip through this, but you're not strong enough. Yeah, my, my view from the merch table uh, offers me the unique position of seeing <laughs> your struggle backstage, <laughs> and uh, especially Paige trying to get uh, very long blue cowgirl boots through the Farmer Abigail mm-hmm. overalls. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that is a challenge. There's actually just a hole the in the knee. <laughs> yes, one of those. And my, I just put my. It's not the whole, my whole leg isn't in the pant leg. It's just right. the hole in the knee. But th- those fails and when we have to improvise to cover the other person backstage or like th- those become the most memorable moments of the show. For sometimes, everyone. For everyone. Sometimes they're funny. Sometimes it's just super awkward. It's um, actually not for everyone. I think it's for the grownups. Yeah. Exactly. That's the other thing. The kids don't notice that we've made a mistake or that something's sort of gone wrong. The adults do, but then they can laugh with us. Mm -hmm. And I think that's such an important part of what we do as performers. We aren't performing, we're just ourselves. Mm -hmm. There's elements of performance and there's songs we are performing, but we are Jeff and Paige. We are not a band name, we're ourselves. And we have no problem pointing out when one of us makes an error in the show. (laughs) We like to use our microphones to make sure everybody knows. Um, Okay, your newest costume. The newest costumes are always going to be from the newer songs, although our last album that we released, Little Songs Big Science, has very few costumes Mm -hmm. because that album explores science concepts Mm -hmm. um, and offers activities and videos that go along with each song. You can find all the videos on our YouTube channel. Um, So I think we have to go all the way back to the album before that, which is Mighty Wolf. Mm. And... um, it's going to be, yeah, the lightning costumes, we bought those. Mm-hmm. That was one of those ones where we bought their full body yellow suits. Anything else newer than that? Oh, no, I know what it is. Invertebrates. Yeah, yeah, the jellyfish. Uh, the I wanted to say that, but I didn't know. You repaired yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. If, uh, if you haven't heard yet, the album number seven, Hey Alice, album is on the way, Jeff and Paige fans. And there's a song on there called Invertebrates. It's uh, it's actually called Loose Liver and Live. I have the song but title wrong. Jeff actually. I just work here, you guys. <laughs> Jeff actually made a really creative title for that song. I feel like you would have just called it in. <laughs> I finally <laughs> guess what I think is gonna be. It's wrong. Okay. It's about invertebrates, everybody. <laughs> But yes. the, the stars of the Meaning song jellyfish. are two jellyfish. Two yeah. jellyfish yeah. talking about how amazing it is to be loose to be loose without a spine feeling fine without a spine so i'll tell you one thing i love the hats with those costumes Mm -hmm. uh they Mm -hmm. are very colorful they've got a lot of cool ribbons and fun Mm -hmm. strings and some light up effects and they're super fun and I actually got to, to work on fixing the elastic band for one of them, and I noticed it looks like there's black helmets under there. Mm-hmm. And I'm just ever impressed with the ingenuity of the, the resources you guys pull together to make these costumes. It's super fun. Well, thank you for repairing the <laughs> elastic band, because it's really nothing without a way to fasten it. True. Uh, your smelliest costume. Oh, boy. Ooh. Bobcat, I mean, (laughs) definitely gets it in the summertime. Things rank. Yeah. It's been washed. I wash my costumes sometimes. The sweatiest (laughs) costume. I mean, it has to be your wig. Smelliest, yeah. Like, your wigs. I mean, that, when, when that, uh, that wig gets wet at Meadow Music and just sits in the bag all week and you pull it out, 
um, uh, anything with mildew associated but, with it. Come on, we don't leave it in the bag all week. We did until you started instituting a, <laughs> a system to ensure it be dry. That dog costume doesn't smell great. <laughs> ironically, ironically, or, or not ironically. Yeah. For anyone who hasn't been to Meadow Music, there's an, a fantastic uh, turd costume that right. a lucky staff member of Boulder's Open Space and Mountain Parks gets to wear while being chased around with a giant trash bag mm-hmm. for right. the Scoop a Doop Poop song. Yeah. I haven't performed that in a while. It's pretty great. Recently, we've switched that up where I'm the poop. Mm-hmm. In the skit, it's a little edgy, and just like, hey, yeah, hey, that's yeah, a great I know, costume. I know you don't like me so much. That's why you shouldn't leave me here. Yeah, I want to yeah. give some <laughs> side credit to just to Steve and Kara for coming up with some of our costumes. Yes, they've also over been the big years. costume supports. It's really a community effort. Yeah, and I think Karen, is, don't is it, like the, the Black Widow. That's a homemade costume yeah. from Karen. That's and, amazing. And the CU Engineering program mm-hmm. um, with the jellyfish heads. Yeah. Yeah. Anything that looks really good, we didn't make. <laughs> <laughs> Anything with scotch tape on it, I repaired. <laughs> Anything that was fixed with paper clips and chewing gum. Mm-hmm. The costume you would never want to get rid of. Oh man, all of them. I had a moment of panic at a recent show because the kids got up on stage and were, were all in our costumes and that back when we were less professional about this, weren't maybe doing it as much as our full-time source of work and income, we would let kids try on the costumes, especially at like a smaller show, like a birthday party or something. But this was a big show with like 200 people at it and the kids had invaded the stage and were in our pile of costumes. And I am so used to being so open and accepting and loving towards the children. And I was like, put that down. I did not want them in our costumes yesterday because they are so precious to us. The most irreplaceable item, I think, is the homemade rattlesnake head. Oh, I forgot about that. That is, yeah, that is a couch cushion (laughs) that this man carved into the diamond-shaped head of a rattlesnake with venom spray painted, right? No, you just took a, a couch cushion and used one of those, like, electric turkey knives. But it has some color on it, doesn't it? No, it's that's, that's the cushion, original yeah. couch cushion color. Wow. And you cut that. it into the head of a rattlesnake, added some plastic so that you can hold onto it and lead a parade. It is... And the pipe teeth. Yeah. Yeah. Some PVC great. teeth. It is, yeah, really a, a testament to the creative power of humanity. Yeah. A costume you wish you had for a song that you currently don't have. Well, we're we're starting to work on this new album, and there's going to be a need for a lot of new costumes. So that's where my mind goes right away. Mm-hmm. Um, the two baby owls. The two baby and owls. Their nest would be nice. Yeah. Owlets at sunset. The prairie dog, and the mm-hmm. cowboy. Yeah. That's going to be interesting. Prairie dog costume. Mm-hmm. I kind of want a moon and an ocean wave mm. for the tide song, but mm-hmm. that might be a backdrop. Yeah. We also use backdrops um, that we flip behind us um, on our costume changing screen, and that's been a really beautiful way to bring in some of the ecosystems that we're talking about while not actually being in them. Right. And not using 
a projector because we're like Jeff mentioned, we're mostly outdoors, so projectors mm-hmm. don't work. Exactly. Yeah, I think when we think about our costumes or our sets, or um, we we just ha- always have to consider how much we can carry with us, and that everything that we don't have a home stage or a home theater. Also, we're tour bus. We haven't even mentioned that to people that maybe aren't as familiar with our work. We're we're always in a different place when we're performing, mm-hmm. other than a couple of our series that we have reliably we're we're always in a different place so we have to be really able to adapt to whatever is going on from huge gusts of wind to blazing hot sun to um freezing cold rain just just those are just three examples from just the last six months (laughs) yeah uh yeah sound checking in a in a bear head in thick wildfire smoke is not easy if you could never take a costume off again which costume would it be? Farmer Abigail, eat local. Beaver. Beaver. But then you would have to talk with a lisp. And your walk whole around life. with flippers. Yes. <laughs> and trip on everything constantly. That is my dream. The costume or character that has the most difficult voice to do. Lightning. I always drop it after I do the skit. I never keep what it. What is that voice page? Because I can't remember. I'm also very fabulous, don't you think? Ah. <laughs> I'm astoundingly beautiful and fabulous too. So it's like the tree, but like. You know. Well, that's not my tree. That's <laughs> tree. One time I had to like be your tree, and it was weird. Oh yeah, every so often we switch up, <laughs> trying really. to be each other's character. Poison ivy. I feel like I always. Oh blow yeah, it. I, always I blow can it see that. Poison ivy. Mm. Let's hear. It. What is it? Ooh ooh, pick me, pick me. My leaves will make excellent TP. Or you could use my greenery for your man it's bouquet. It's also a tree. It's yeah. a tree. I know. It's the problem. I don't have any <laughs> foliage voices. Okay. Yeah. All of my... Anything that is plant-based seems Except to take that Except the flower, which is the opposite because it's super high. Costume that you feel the most ridiculous in. I'm not used to the jellyfish yet. That's really hard. I don't know if it's ridiculous, but it's it's really uncomfortable because of that that hat. And how I have to hold my head up. There have been two times when I have had to play Lot Command. Oh, yes. <laughs> that is the most... Not in our regular rotation. Right. right. Just for Hanukkah shows, Seasonal. it's an original song and a, another Steve-created costume that is amazing and unwieldy and extra hard to um, wear while playing the you can guitar. can see Lot Command in our YouTube channel. Just Google Jeff and Paige. Just Lot Command. See- Give people an idea. One foot is made of applesauce and the other sour Sour cream. cream. There you go. Lot come in. And the final question, what costume do you think kids connect with the most? Bobcat, hands down. Black Widow. Really? I think so. I would have totally said both of those. That's funny. Yeah. They like my characters better. Mm. I'm actually joking. However, I do have the privilege of moving a lot more, and I'm, I'm the one that dances and teaches all the, the movements, and Jeff can't do that because he's um, held by his guitar. Um, and I think it would be really different if you moved more. Mm-hmm. You're like, show me your best guitar. I think, I think my guitar is held by me. Oh. Does your guitar have a name? Peter Vankman from Ghostbusters was an old guitar. No, I've... I kind of stopped naming. Purple. One kid named Oh, yeah. Uh, Miranda Purple Pants. Miranda Purple Pants. <laughs> the latest guitar does not have a name. 
Oh, we need some, we need How many name. guitars are we talking about in Jeff and Paige? Well, or... it's it's not like they're yeah. There's Jeff has a lot of guitars. Does anybody <laughs> want some? We could really use it's some. It's not deep true. <laughs> oh, and you play ukulele. You have like six. And thank you very much for <laughs> us today. Right. Studios. Thanks for listening to this episode and for being a part of this work. If you've enjoyed this podcast, be sure to give it a like and subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. You can also keep in touch with Jeff and Paige on social media at Jeff and Page through their website, jeffandpage.org, or by becoming a Jeff and Page member. If you want to support this work and help them reach more children with science and nature education, visit members.jeffandpage.org to start your membership today. You'll get awesome perks like weekly hands-on science and nature activities, animated announcements, printable activities, and more. We'll see you on the trails. Century energy super, 21st century energy super, 21st century energy superheroes.